Looking for your next holiday? Maybe a long weekend with your mates? Or really need to get to the next game? Then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com.au forward slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Brent Chapel, Steve Maven, Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so my phone was running hot there for a while. But Could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chapel. I'm joined by two former Rabbitohs. Darren Brown, Steve Maven. <laughs> What's doing, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. Hey, good day, boys. What's that noise, chaps? Oh, mate, we've just actually got a sheep at my joint. Just, um, we can't get out of the joint, so I'm going to start sewing my own clothes, boys. So, but uh, <laughs> anyway. I actually heard it the other day when uh, we spoke to John Sutton on Saturday's Say. And- I thought I was hearing things, but then I just heard it again, and bingo. It's coming from uh, the, the chap's whole household. <laughs> Are we in New Zealand? Is this coming to you from <laughs> Christchurch? Oh, mate. They're a bit tougher on lockdowns over there than we are here, mate. How is lockdown going, boys? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm starting to get used to it, mate. Groundhog day. Mm. Leaving the house for shopping, and that's about it. Maybe a bit of exercise. But uh, you know what? It won't last forever. Mm. The vaccination rates are going up and encourage anyone out there to go out and get vaccinated so we can get back to our normal lives and get back to going to restaurants and pubs and whatnot. And yeah, 100%. Personally, I've been, uh, I'm just in the middle of a juice fast, nine-day, or it's not a juice fast, it's a fast of two days juice, five days water, and I'll finish off with uh, two days of juice fasting at the end. So I'm halfway through. As you can tell, I'm glowing. Lots of energy, <laughs> and oh, uh, look, I'm ready to go, boys. Well, those, those podcasters out there listening, walking their dog, I can tell you, Brownie is looking good. I'm not looking so good. And the maybe new Barry's. Maybe it's probably in the middle. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. The new Barry beef, Brownie, good on you. you got your braces, and you're going to get the veneers, and then you'll be the face of Rabbitohs TV. And ready to go. So I wouldn't subscribe. Yeah, I wouldn't say that the lockdown's good. I reckon it's a disaster. The infection rate's still going up. And until we get on top of this, it's not good. I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of sitting around at home with my gym shut and the world, the Australia and Sydney shut down. But and the big thing is we can't go and watch the bunnies, and that's what this show's about. So let's move on. And we've got a website, rabbitosradio.com.au, and we've been starting to write some more articles there. One of them in particular is our regular game recap, and we've been sharing some fan photos on there, and we're encouraging you to send us your fan photos from the game. And we'll use them on that site. Now, rabbitosradio.com.au. Please bookmark it, make it, add it to your favourites and put us in your regular rotation of browsing on the internet because we are posting more content there now and we'd like you to support us there. Now, one guy who is supporting us is Dean Clark, my botany mate who lives up on the Goldie and he's been sending us his images and videos from the game and his mates. He's got a mate there called Ray and... 
he's he runs the South Sydney Austec competition up there, and they've been helping us out. They posted some photos holding up Rabbitohs radio stickers. So, boys, thank you for that. And we've appointed Dean as our Gold Coast Global Ambassador. Uh, he's a good bloke, and you, he knows a, a a mate of mine from Botany Golf Course, Jabs. Yeah, yeah, he does, mate. That's Scotty Waller. He's uh, a great golfer up there. He was a, a the pro at Botany for many, many years. Best mate to my cousin, Scotty Singles, Christmas Jingles, who we've mentioned on the show many times. And uh, he's settled up there on the Gold Coast and he loves it. He's not moving back anytime. Yep. Now, another few images were sent to us uh, this week. And one of those had Paul Sate meeting the Queen. And my old man, Dick Maven, always talks about, he remembers that game. And when he saw that image, he goes, that's the game. And yes, it was. It was at the SCG. And he remembers that Bobby Grant, the legendary halfback, got the ball from the scrum and ran and scored under the post. So we shared that image of Paul Sade. And there was another image in there of Paul Sade in the Australian team on the New Zealand tour. And super coach Wayne Bennett was in that picture. And I asked him about it in the press conference. And he went, I said, do you remember that? He goes, yes, I remember it. It. No. Oh, okay. Did he, uh, did he give you much? Did he? he didn't give me much. Tell us something about it, and oh, you made him laugh. You made him laugh. Maybe we had a bit of a smile there, mate. Yeah, and we so that's an example of that. Just that image, we shared it on our Rabbitohs TV, and I wrote an article, and I did a bit of background. And as it turns out, well, Wayne said they got beat twenty-four nil. They actually got beat twenty-four-three by the Kiwis. Would have been a huge upset at the time because in the team was Immortals. Uh, Bozo Fulton, Changa Langlands, Johnny Sattler, Bob McCarthy. It was a stacked side. Tommy, terrific, Radonicus. And they got beat 24-3 by the Kiwis in a team, as we found out on our socials, that Bernie Lowther, rabbit, former Rabbito, played in. And he remembered the score and everything. So to cut a long story short, Wayne Bennett, yes, he went on that tour. He played two of the games on the tour, two of the three games, scoring a try, but didn't play in the test. So that's just an example of... Things come into us and they grow legs and we get stories and a bit of content out of it. And another back one... Then, back, back then, it was dominated. The Australian teams were dominated by um, the New South Wales teams. You, you still there, boys? You froze up there. And, um, yeah, yeah. And um, they used to sort of... The, the Queenslanders had to have a couple, one or two players in it and Wayne happened to be one of them on that tour. I was just yeah. talking on an older mate of mine the other day and he said, oh, Wayne... So I, I don't know how they would have took him in the team. They, they might have... Back then, they were ostracising Queenslanders back then, but um, uh-huh. it's all a little bit different these days. The Queenslanders yeah. dominated that Australian team for many years, but I think the tables are going to turn. I think New South Wales should get plenty of players in this squad coming up. Yeah, well, you're right, chaps. I did see that in the in the details, that there was only two Queenslanders in that tour, and one of them got a start, and Wayne Bennett didn't get a start in the test. And the other story that we dug up was that I've been doing some... I've got a lot of old archival footage And I've been digging it up and putting it on our YouTube channel. And one of those was John O'Neill, the late, great, hard man, getting interviewed. and Big lurch. Big lurch. And it was a nice little thing. And we shared it across our socials and got a bit of feedback. And some of that came from, one of them was Charles Priest in the South Sydney Rabbitohs fan club. He said they used to call him Bunk, as in Bunk Bed, when he played in Gunnada. And then another gentleman told me. And another gentleman told me a story, which was a good one. And I apologise, I couldn't find your name when I was looking it up. But he said, I was on a tour, I think it was in England, and with the Kangaroos or South, or I think it was, yeah, Kangaroos. And he said, they bought a couple of cartons of beer over for the team. And 
John offered, John O'Neill offered this guy a beer and he goes, oh, no, mate, those are for the team. And John says, mate, you're with us, have a beer. So that's the sort of bloke he was. Brownie, champion. Uh, a great family, uh, the, the O'Neill family. We've featured him before on Remembering a Rabbitoh. And uh, we, we sent that, that piece to the family and they absolutely loved it. He was a champion fella, a tough bastard. And, you know, one of the greats of, uh, you know, this mighty club, South Sydney Rabbitohs. But more importantly, what is on the show, chaps? Thank you, Brownie. Got missed a little bit earlier, but all good. Um, we've got Boom Rookie just signed a, a deal with the Rabbitohs. Looks like he's in that Black Rabbits program. Ben Lovett, he's going to be all the way from Parks. Looking forward to talking to that young man. Remembering the Rabbitoh this week is former Rabbitoh Paul Miller, who, who's still got a record to this day. I'm sure... Many of you will know what that record is. And then we're going to preview that clash against the Evil Empire next week after we're coming off a loss. I'm sure we'll be looking for a bit of redemption after going down to the Panthers, boys. Now, we might yeah. do a game recap, boys, uh, from last night. I know we're all a bit flat. I know uh, I, I sort of sat back and ended up watching the replay just to, just to freshen my memory, just so well, I've made sure I watched that first half because I thought in that first half, we did a hell of a lot of good things. We, we, we did what Brownie said we were going to do. Went set for set with him early. Um, got into some good field position. And we know when we get in field, good field position, we put points on. And that's exactly what we did. Put a couple of tries on. They're 12-0. At the 30-minute mark, I thought we were well in control of the, the field position battle. And then we had a, an error um, just over the halfway line by Tommy Burgess. And just lost a little bit of momentum there. There was a... Pretty a couple of ordinary penalties. I think it was a crusher tackle on Keong Kalamatangi. I'm not sure what he was supposed to do there. They scored a try right before halftime, but to go into the break 12 10 down, there's only 11 seconds left on the clock. A couple of real, wouldn't call them fluky because uh, it looked like he was he was meaning to kick it back on the inside. Uh, former South Sydney junior, uh, Paul Momorowski. And then I thought, I thought they dominated field position in the second half, Brownie. We just sort of struggled to get out of our own end. And something I spoke about during the week, our inability to defuse bombs, just gave him the upper hand. Cleary, Cleary was outstanding. Um, his game control was second to none. As good as a as game control as you see since since um, Cooper Cronk retired, mate. I think he was, he's another game control master. And uh, two of our best, probably Cookie and Cam Murray, combined for 113 tackles, Brent. Yeah, well, exactly what you said, chaps. The game panned out, uh, you know, that way. And, um, you know, the first 30 minutes, we absolutely dominated uh, in every aspect of the game. Penrith were never in the game. They, they didn't look like they were going to score. They had no field position. Um, our ball movement was clinical. You know, we we're playing simple. It was just, it was pretty to watch, um, you know, similar to the Gold Coast the week before. And, you know, the 30-minute mark, um, you know, we lost our way a little bit, you know, in that 10 minute period before halftime, we had two penalties, uh, a couple of errors and they scored off the back of them. And you can't do that uh, against good quality sides. They're, they're going to punish her uh, once they get the ball. And, um, you know, they came out after halftime, Penrith, they went up a gear and we were just on the back foot chasing the game then. And, you know, a couple of referee decisions didn't go our way. They seemed to get all the 50-50 calls. Um, that happened in the game and, you know, while, um, you know, it was disappointing to lose, there was still a lot of positives to take out of the game. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that, what about the 40-20 Mavo from Adam Reynolds? Inch perfect, straight over the top of Naden's head, landed a, a couple of inches over the 20-yard line and in from touch. It, it, it was one of the best ones. Brandy Alexander, who's not a big South fan, said that's one of the best 40-20s I've ever seen. He did. I think Cooper Cronk said the same thing. It was, a, did. it was a great kick, pinpoint accuracy. And like you said, Brandy, the first 30 minutes, I was in ecstasy. I was running around the lounge room and jumping up and down and, I was having a ball. Then the next year, I was kicking stones. I've got to learn to settle down in the footy. It's it's not good for the heart rate. It's not good for the blood pressure. By the end, I was going, oh, I've just got to go and have a lay down. It was no good. So anyway, yes, it was extremely disappointing the way we let that game slide. We did. There is some positives to take out of it, but the fans have been bagging this ref. And I wrote down last night, did this guy... Is he a Penrith junior? Did he go to Leftridge Park High School out there? And then as it turns out, apparently he's a Penrith referee. Now, I don't know. I'm not saying anything other than that. But, gee, there were some, some decisions there that were awful. And 11-2, yeah. we weren't 11-2 bad in those decisions. Now, one of them, when they when Momorowski scored, uh, kicked that ball when we scored, that was a forward pass from Dummy Half. You know, they get missed. But the one where the, the bloke ran behind, now that's called as off as no try every every time during the year. Penrith forward, Leota, run behind. Yeah, run behind. What was, the, what was the video ref doing? When that come up, uh, try confirmed, I, I nearly choked on my uh, on my uh, cider I was drinking there of the missus. <laughs> it was like, what the hell's going on here? And then the other one where the, there were, everyone's talking about the downtown rule where how they, how they found that the GOAT being downtown. What about know. the escort penalty on um there was an escort penalty on on Mansour it looked shoulder to shoulder to me. There was yes. another one where you're allowed to do that was, taps. What you're about the Penrith player who got up and played the ball? He yes. first he jumped off the off the mark. Yeah. Cookie got back and stood in front of him, dived on the ball because there was no dummy half. That, that is that not a 50-50 call gone against us as well? Yeah. It had to be look I don't want to sit here and blame the referee, but no. one of my mates on Twitter here, Steve Daha, two three days ago he said Look, a little bit of a fun fact. South Sydney have had Grant Atkins, Grant Atkins for three games this year. Lost all three of them. Mm. Goes, I, I hope history doesn't repeat itself. And, and he was bang on the money. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't won a penalty grant with old, penalty no, I, with old Grant yeah. Atkins. But, I mean, you can't blame the referee for, for everything. But uh, no. it sort of had a big bearing on that second half. We just couldn't get any momentum. No. We never seemed to get the ball for a repeat set. The downtown penalty, we'll never forget that downtown rule. South Sydney fans are going to have the microscope out for every single kick downfield from the opposition. Like, I mean, if, you, if you have a look at, if you have a quick Brandy, if you have a look at the the Josh Mansour, um, where he got kneed in the head, have a look who was offside in that play. Hmm. The five eight from uh, Penrith, Luai was offside by a meter, went down and kneed him in the head accidentally. I'm sure that was a bit of an accident, but uh, I mean, he, he didn't. He seemed to miss that one, didn't he? Yeah, we certainly uh, didn't get all the 50-50 calls. There was another um, uh, incident in the game where it wasn't a penalty, but I knew we were going to be in for a rough night with the uh, referee. And it was uh, it was in the first half, we were attacking, and Reynolds put a nice little kick into the corner, and he called Josh Mansell offside. Mm. So he had, to, he had to pull out of the play. There was no way Josh Mansell was offside uh, in front of the kicker on, on that play. And I just thought to myself, well, you know, it's going to be a long night uh, with the referee. Uh, Wayne Bennett said in the press conference after the game that uh, that we are one of the, you know, uh, the we get penalised the less in terms of, uh, you know, penalties within the game. And 
we came out and uh, got 11 2 against us. But in saying that, chaps, um, you know, like you said, mate, we we cannot blame the referee. We came up with a 74% completion rate. And we've said all year, if you're going to beat the good sides, you've got to be up around the you know the high 80s. And yep. they were at 84 themselves. Yeah, there you go. And you know, well, you can't you can't win games. Their final 19 sets of the game, Brownie, was 100% completion. Well, there you they, go. They, they closed the deal like no team closes a deal. Yeah. Uh, we didn't give ourselves a lot of opportunities by not diffusing the bomb. We did it in Cogra last year. You we mentioned did it in that semi-final last year. And I brought it up during the week. Sato even spoke about it on Sato's say on Rabbitohs TV, which is brought to you by NG Farrow Real Estate. He he spoke about, look, half the tries we can suit are off kick. So we're going to have to get back to the drawing board. It's not a bad time of the year to, to cop a loss now. We'd rather rather lose now than uh, in the semifinals. And I've got another quick stat. Um, teams who play each other in the final four games of the season and go on to play each other in the semi. The team that loses 14 out of 18 times in the semifinals have won. So there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. We could be able to get up there and turn that result around. Thank well, you to um, Scott Bailey from the NRL. Sent me that stats. So uh, mm. appreciate that one, guys. Um, it's, that's not all bad. But the other thing is, well, we spoke about that Penrith are on a, a losing streak. We're on a losing streak against the Panthers. We've lost now the last five. Last five. But if you combine the Storm and the Panthers, We've now lost the last eleven. So I mean, if we're going to go on that Jufa theory, we've got to we've got to knock the, the good sides off, maybe. Well, they, we do, and there are some question marks about these top sides that we we can't seem to put away. And you mentioned Cleary before, and he did kill us. As soon as Tommy dropped that ball, next minute Cleary throws a floater up the sideline. Try he's backing up on the inside. That turned the game. And the Penrith line speed was incredible. Off the line. They were getting off the line. People were saying they were offside. They probably were. Just going back to the ref. <laughs> but that was something that was amazing. That We, we were getting battered in their, by their line speed. And they lost Dylan Edwards to HIA early. So we had every chance to win that game and we didn't. But we'll be back. I will yeah, be back. 100%. And like you said, Chaps, uh, you know, we'll take a lot of positives out of that game. You know, uh, an area that we need to improve on is just to play for the full 80 minutes. Now, if we would have played, you know, for that the 50 minutes that we didn't play well, if we played like we did in that first 30 minutes, we win the game, hands down. And it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a game. It's hard to play. Um, but, you know, we've got to get it right now because we're coming into the semifinals and um, we've got to turn it around next week. Yep. And we've got the Roosters next week, and we'll do a preview of that game later in the show. But let's move on now. I meant to say it's a simple game, but it's hard to play. I thought you was. <laughs> That's right. Okay, boys, so we're happy to move on now? Yeah, we'll move on from that one, boys. Uh, okay. We've got a, a couple of weeks to get it right, so before the semifinals, and uh, I'm sure we'll come out bigger and better and try and get in the arm wrestle a little bit longer than what we did in that game. So let's move on to Rabbitohs news, brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs. The Rabbitohs, home away from home, the place to play, while the Bunnies are away. And there they are, the Juniors, great sponsor of ours. And we haven't got much in news this week, boys, other than to pose the question, where is our season right now? Brownie? Yeah, well, look, I think we're in a really good position. 
uh, like Chaps just mentioned before, the stat indicates to us that we're going to go on and beat the Panthers in three weeks' time. Uh, but I think we'll take a lot out of that game. Uh, a lot of positives to come out of there. And one positive uh, that I think the boys will take out of it, that they just need to you know, play for the full 80 minutes. And you know, what we did to the Panthers in that first 30 minutes just proves that we can match it against them. And I'm quietly confident coming into, uh, you know, especially next week, it's one week at a time. Uh, coming up against the Roosters next week, that will uh, will be a better side next week for the full eighty. Yeah, playing off the back foot a lot in that final fifty minutes. Um, kicking game wasn't probably where 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 we would have liked. Um, and the little one percenters we've got to get right. The diffusing the bombs, we've got to get under underneath them and contest all them bombs without pointing the finger at anyone in particular, mate. We've got to, we've got to get that part of the game right so we can start our sets. Um, in a little bit better field position than having a let it bounce and then and then and then cop a, a repeat set in the in goal, which happened a couple of times there. And there was there was probably four or five times we were bringing the ball out from inside our own five brownie, and that's that's tough against the the good line speed teams like the Penriths, the Melbournes, and then Manly sort of putting their hand up now too. They're they're, they're in, certainly in discussion going forward. Well, we didn't mention it in the recap, but those Cleary bombs are almost uncatchable, and it proved last night they had poor old Trell and the sauce in all sorts. But our season, I think it's okay. Brownie, like you said, we'll bounce back. It's, we've won 12 in a round, we lose one. We're due for a loss. Look at it that way. And the way that's sitting is there's not going to be really, I don't think, any home ground advantage in this top four. So whether you finish first or fourth may not matter. Second or third, we're probably going to be third anyway. So, well, obviously now after this loss, so maybe we'll be playing, it looks like the Panthers, perhaps week one of the finals, which will be a, wow, you know. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But, yeah, I think we'll be okay. We've There's still a lot, a lot of positives to take out of this. And, you know, the season's alive and kicking. And just in time, we have... And now I'm just going to say... The pathways have been cancelled, as you know. So our pathway segment will be back next year, brought to you by What If for Sozzy for Travel. But we've got a pathway star coming on, and it's brought to you by NG Pro Real Estate. And his name is... Benny Lovett. A bloke that we've just recently re-signed. And Benny Lovett. And he's just joining us now. We'll roll straight into it, mate. So how's lockdown treating you? Ah, look, it's all right, mate. I, it's... It was good when I first came home sort of thing because I was I actually came home before the lockdown in parks or in New South Wales sort of thing. Um, sort of spent spent a lot of time like with the family and that. I had to, had to isolate for two weeks when I came home. But, um, yeah, ever since then, lockdown since last week, it's sort of just at home, not doing a whole lot. I'll get out to the field sort of thing and do a thing. But other than that, just spent a lot of time with family. Doing a bit of training out there, mate, out there at parks, doing a fair bit of training. Yeah, doing a bit. I'm lucky enough. I, I live like 200 metres away from the footy field, so it's just a good little walk there and go straight there, set a few things, and do whatever. And have you got the, have you got restrictions out there like what you have in Sydney? Yeah, so because they brought it out last week, we're I think we're all like it's all locked down, so like there's no sort of leaving the house unless you sort of have to. Mm. There's any cases out there in parks, mate? Or I haven't heard. Uh, not as yet, but there's they're like picking up the fragments or whatever in the in the sewage. Oh, they, they reckon that. 
they reckon they detected before like it, it sort of comes out and like the case numbers, but it may be soon. But there's a lot in Dubbo, which is only an hour or so away. But yeah, there you go. Pretty scary stuff, mate. I'm, I'm sure people out there in parks are looking to get that vaccination rate up, and we can get yeah, back 100%. to get back yeah, to yeah. people like uh, Benny Lovett playing footy for the Mighty Rabbitohs, mate. And congratulations on, on, on signing recently, mate. Resigning with the club, um, that must have been good news. Yeah. yeah, it's good, mate. Just um, sort of a good bit of confidence and good to know, Matt. Like sort of coming in a Jersey flag competition, and then sort of like I don't know, that was my last year of my contract with that, and. Didn't really know where I stood, sort of thing. And then, yeah, once I got that, it's just a good bit of confidence. And then, well, it's two, two or three years. So it's good to know where I'm at for the future and sort of thing. Yeah, mate. Congratulations on behalf of the boys here, mate. Now, where are you from and what was it like growing up there, Ben? Uh, from the great town of Parks, mate. It's a small little town, about 10,000 people. Like basically the heart of New South Wales, right back, right back in the middle. Um, just a, like a typical little small country town. Um, everyone knows everyone. Uh, all, like all my mates are real close um, and then basically growing up was just sport um, a lot of rugby league I actually grew up playing a lot of hockey yep. um, played a bit of hockey and then just honestly on the weekends you get up with your mates ride your scooters bikes around go to, go to your sport and then just spend a lot of fun and, and because I suppose it's a small town you sort of just get to know everyone and get around and it's good Speaking, speaking of parks mate uh, are, you, are you in town or, or are you on a property? Yeah no we're in town so I've lived here my whole life. We had the same house since I was probably one, I think. We lived on a farm in the early days, but I was sort of only one or two, and then we moved in town straight away. And how old are you, mate? I'm 19. I turned 20 in December. It was a late one. Yeah, right. So do you, growing up out of parks, do you still do like a lot of the country boy stuff, go like shooting and, and yeah, riding look, motorbikes, horses? My family's not huge in that sort of thing. Uh, a lot of mates, though. So I, like, I used to got, I got a close cousin who's pretty big in the shooting, that sort of thing. I used to go with him. Um, a lot of mates that own farms, that sort of thing. I went to a, went to a school in Forbes, a boarding school, a lot of a lot of farmers. So I got to know a lot of blokes that own farms, sort of thing. And you'd always go to the house and ride the bikes or get around, sort of thing. It's always good fun because there's sort of no restrictions on what you can do. You sort of do whatever. And, and what about your footy and parts, mate? Uh, what level did you get to before you came down to the Rabbitohs? Um, I was a bit of a late bloomer. I sort of just sort of played me local, like comps in parks for the spacemen um, since I was, I think, under eights. My first year, all the way through the 18s, and then I sort of played a bit of school footy and got picked up through that. I think I was probably 16, 17. Um, got picked up through that. I just went down for a trial, I think, in 2018 with the, like, it was like Bunnies versus Bulldogs or something like that sort of thing. And then, yeah, went through that. But yeah, didn't didn't really do anything else besides play like my spaceman footy. And then I played a bit of, bit of group footy, like your group 11, I think when I was maybe 15. That's from my first like rep team. But yeah, mostly just all through the spacemen sort of thing, and yeah, it was good. Always like Is that the what team is that? The spacemen, the park spacemen, mate. What a great name! Huh? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, right? I'm a spaceman myself. In the, in the strong group eleven, con, mate, it's good. Well, the young cherry pickers, mate. A couple of uh, yeah. the spacemen. I'm not sure who come up with the spacemen, but mate, what, talking about footy uh, again, mate. Uh, what position did you play coming through? And at the moment, you're you're a back rower. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all coming through, it's a bit funny. Like I was always sort of back row. I remember in my last year of 16, I played front row because I was probably one of the big kids. And then I played a bit of lock sort of thing with the rep group 11. And then, yeah, it was always sort of second row. Then come my under 18s, I played for like Western Rams and the country comp sort of thing. And we were sort of a bit low on centers and I ended up playing, playing centers for the first time. I think the funniest story around him, the coach says he, 
he saw me playing basketball one time and I could jump higher something I don't playing basketball. I said, oh, this kid might grow up playing playing centers. So I played a game of centers and ended up going pretty decent. And um, ever since then, I sort of sort of jumped around like second row center. I don't really play in the middle much anymore, but I think when I first got picked up by the Bunnies, I was in a trial game. I was playing lock in the middle. I used to be sort of a bit of a skinnier, sort of small fella, just do a lot of tackling, not much ball running. But ever since then, yeah, I just sort of evolved my game with playing in the back row and then jumping the center sort of thing. All right. I was a player. You like you like the dirty stuff, mate. You, you come in pretty hard and you're a pretty strong defender. What about some measurements, mate? What are you weighing in at there? Um, I'm sitting probably just below 100. I think around 198 or 100, and then I'm just shy of sort of six three. I think I sit around like one 190, a bit under, maybe 189 sort of thing. Yeah, right. Okay, you're sort of in that back row center mold there, mate. You, you yeah, yeah. Go either way, mate. Yeah. We made some yeah. money because I, I ended up as a, I was a front row, ended up in the centres too. So we've we've got that in common, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was only one year, I think, in the under 16s. It was just because, like, I think there's no one else who could really play front row. So I jumped in and it ended up having a yeah. good year, I think. But yeah. And mate, the first time I met you, I think your dad came up to me and because I was taking some photos for Rabbitohs Radio on the sideline and he said, Can you take a photo of my son? And he had the headgear on. Yeah. And so, firstly, I'm going to ask you about your family, but have you, what about the headgear, mate? Have you always worn that through your junior career? Yeah, well, it's just a thing because it's always like when I was younger, I think through through the 16s, it was sort of compulsory. Um, and I always wore the old the old Canary CC, CCC headgear and sort of thing and always just wore it. And it's almost a bit of a, um, a bit of like a ritual sort of thing I do. I don't know, just always wear it. I There's been a few games where I haven't worn it. I've been, I don't know, a bit concussed or got an injury and it's just like, oh, well, I should wear my headgear. So ever since then, I just... I've always won it all from my junior years. And I think there was there was one game there, a trial game at the start of the year for the Bunnies. I took it off and ended up doing something on my knee. And it's just like a little bit of a bit of an unlucky thing if I don't take it off sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your your family, mate, your mum and dad, brothers or sisters. Yeah, so I've got mum and dad, obviously, and then I've got a, a brother and a sister, just a, just a five-year-old family. And, um, yeah, just grew up together all in the same town sort of thing, all together, which is good. Um, uh, both older brother and sister, so Kurt's brother, he's 24, and then I've got a sister who's 27, Claudia. Uh, Mum, Fiona, and dad, John, they both, they own a sports shop in town. So lucky enough, I was growing up, I had a, had a lot of access to a lot of footy boots sort of thing, or, or footy gear sort of thing, because I own a local sports shop. Unreal. What's the, name, what's the name of the shop, mate? Give it a plug, mate. Uh, sports Power. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, your dad asked me to email it to Sports Power. I thought, oh, this sounds interesting. So, yeah, 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 yeah. We've, we've cleared that up, and they and they're a big supporter of you, your mum and dad. Because I've, like I said, I've met your dad, and I saw you. I took a photo of you hugging your mum at the footy. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's good to have your your parents behind you. Oh, mate. My dad frosted. He loves it all. He like like well, Parks isn't, isn't a quick trip down to Sydney. It's probably about five or eight hours. And mate, every game I played when I was playing down there, sort of thing. He he came to every game. He loved it. Even the even the home games are sort of at um Olympia Park there. He come down and watch the watch first grade. Just like Prof said he he's an, he wasn't originally a bunny supporter. He actually goes to Manly. He still does, but <laughs> he he does love the bunnies now, mate. It's sort of his sort of his team as well. So he, he loves coming out and watching it and everything. And yeah, he, he's always been a big footy fanatic. And and mum as well. Mum loves it also. And, uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned uh, that you played hockey uh, throughout your junior junior days, but and, and your brother Kurt also. Played yeah, a bit yeah. of hockey at the highest level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, had a good crack there for he sort of trained trained for the last or oh, ten years. I worked his whole life really to have a good crack at hockey, and yeah, was at the highest level there playing for Australia and sort of just missed out on the Olympics actually. Um, was in the run of it, and they trained over in Perth, sort of thing. He's 
was over there for about three years, I think. It was a bit hard with the timing of COVID and that, but yeah, he was over there for a good stint and sort of just missed out on the Olympics sort of thing. But yeah, he's he's pretty bloody good at hockey, so he's yeah, he was up there for sure. Wait, wait, is he back in parks now? Ah, uh, yes, yeah, so he's just moved to Sydney. He um living in Sydney in the, in the harbour, sort of. He lives in Randwick there, but yeah, he loving sort of thing. Well, there you go. So, mum and dad must have been pretty sporty themselves, mate, to produce some. Obviously, yeah. your brother and yourself, you look like you've got a bit of sporting talent there. What sports did they play? Uh, well, dad's sort of the same sort of thing growing up. Bit of hockey, bit of footy, I think. Mainly footy. Um, he always said he was pretty good, but didn't really get a good crack, he reckons. Um, and then mum was always sort of hockey sort of thing growing up. But I think they weren't, like, amazing. Like, but they were pretty good, but they're just sort of just massive competitors. Like, mum, I know mum will come watch her play hockey. She still plays hockey these days. and. Even when I watch her sometimes, she's just a massive competitor, just loves to just compete sort of thing. It's almost funny to watch sometimes, though. Uh, that's good. So you mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, so you mentioned you, um, <clears throat> sorry, we'll cut that bit. We mentioned that you were in the South, playing for South now. So how did you end up from those trials, what you mentioned, into yeah. the South Pathways program and obviously now signed with the club? So, yeah, like I said, I think about this time in 2018, I was going through year 11 at school back here and I went up to, went up to I think we went to Canterbury, um, had a trial out against Bulldogs at, uh, at Belmore there, is it, Oval? Yeah. And we had a trial there and just had, I played probably a, probably one of my best games ever for, for the Bunnies in the trial there. It was me and um, Zane Bajorak. Zane was playing fullback and I was playing lock that went through sort of thing. And yeah, I just played, played an awesome game. I, I was playing lock. I think I played a bit of front row there as well. It wasn't that big. I don't know what I was doing, but yeah, just had a cracking game. I think set up a few tries sort of thing and just did a lot of tackling and then ended up getting picked up through that. They sort of said, did you want to come down straight away and go to school down here? And I was in year 11, sort of ending my year 11. It was a bit hard because like going in year 12, of course, I was I was getting my like um, my ATAR and doing my HC sort of thing and sort of changing schools at the end of that, like year 11 would have been pretty hard. So I sort of held off and then played my my final year back home in the 18 sort of thing rather than coming down and playing SG ball. So I stayed home for the spaces, played that. And then end of 2019, I come down and trained with the 20s again or training 20, started, started 20, sorry. And then did that for the start of 2020 and then COVID hit. So I played, we played that round one game at Redfern against the Sharks, I think it was. We got in one game, got a win sort of thing, and then, yeah, COVID hit, so then we had to cancel that. Then I come back home for a year, and then I came back down in the end of 2020 and then started, like, the preseason for this year sort of thing. And then, obviously, yeah, went through that, went through the ranks sort of thing, and and then come through, and obviously, I think I played pretty decent sort of thing, just sort of I came down as a not really knowing where I stood and then played pretty decent footy sort of thing, and then obviously picked up and got to where I am now and got a bit of a contract to extend sort of thing. You must have impressed Joe O'Callaghan, mate. Um, he, he's put a bit of faith in you there for, with the re-signing, mate. Well, tell us a bit about Joe. Yeah, mate, Joe's, Joe's awesome. I look, I, I bloody give him everything because he's just just an awesome bloke and an awesome coach sort of thing. And I think I love that he, he like, puts time into me sort of thing just because, like I said, like, I come from the country sort of thing and I probably wasn't, wasn't sort of, didn't really stand out that much sort of thing. And even my game, I don't really stand out much on what I do, but it's more so the little effort things I think he loves and, even we had a Zoom call about a month ago and we just talked through a lot of things that I need to work on and things I'm decent at. And it just it's just good to know where you're at and what he says. Like, you, if you're going bad in something, like he tells you like where it's that sort of thing rather than playing mind games with you. Yeah. So like, he'll, he'll tell me if I'm doing that wrong and then you sort of know straight away you got to you got to fix it up and yeah. know what you work on. He calls it yeah, out when he sees it, doesn't he, Joey? Yeah, 100%. I've seen it. I've been in the dressing room and he, 
he'll let you know if you if you're not doing the right yeah. thing. But were you in the in that Black Rabbitohs program as well? Originally, I wasn't there. So they they named that at the start of this year, I think, and I didn't get named in that. And then I think I'm in it. I'm definitely in it now, but that's just off like this back of this year sort of thing, and sort of proved myself to sales. You know, it's sort of when they named it, I think. I didn't expect myself to get in because I hadn't had a lot of experience, a lot of footy sort of thing. I hadn't really seen much from me. And um, mm. yeah, it was sort of a bit of, bit of fire in the heart sort of just to say, like, I, I want to earn that sort of thing. And yeah. it's good to sort of know that I have now. You've got some fond memories of uh, Belmore Oval there. I, I hear you, you played pretty well there. And it's not about me. It's usually all about our other host, uh, Steve Maven. I actually scored a hat-trick at Belmore Oval. So we've got something <laughs> in common, mate. That's good. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was a bit of an eye-opener, actually, because like, I never really played down in any stadiums down in down in Sydney C and coming from the country. I looked, well, this is like Belmore, and, and mum actually follows the Bulldogs, and yeah. it's, it's pretty cool, the home ground. And, that sort of and what about, mate, did the train go by as you were playing? Oh, I can't remember, probably. <laughs> well, I actually got sent off there playing Jersey Fleek, and oh, right. I'll never forget it. George Piggins come up to me and said, mate, pull your head in, and if you do, I'll, I'll bring you up to great. So... I know how to get it back to me. <laughs> and he did. And he did. Mate, speaking, oh, of, speaking of Joe, and um, you, you had a Zoom uh, call with him. What about your short-term goals and long-term goals? Do you discuss them uh, along yeah. the way? So, look, it's, I think Joe's really good in that like, sort of thing. He just sort of, like I said, tells you where that, but then gives you a lot of goals and you actually come up with a sheet sort of thing to what my goals are the next, the next sort of three years and to what I should be achieving and what should be happening sort of thing. And, yeah, just, just to sort of... Just my obviously development sort of things are going to be a huge thing over the next few years. Um, just went through a lot of things like I know just not massively putting a bit of size on, but just the little things in my game that you probably can't pick up that they pick up, of course, that they wanted me to work on. Like I know those little things like a bit of line running, um, then work on the ball sort of thing, and then not sort of working on as much of things I'm sort of good at. And it's yeah. sort of good to know like where I'm at because if I if I didn't know that, I could go to the park and I just still work on the things I'm good at, but then I'd be getting worse at the things I'm not good at sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, so with, with the uh, the restrictions, mate, how, how do you how do you work on your line running and, and uh, training? You set up cones on your own, and it's hard. Running? Definitely is hard because there's no one there that can sort of do it with me. I can only have the one one person, but I just get I don't know you get the get the old agility pole sort of thing, and I'm trying yeah. to work on me like sort of passing into contact. Yeah, get the yeah. old agility pole in front of me, sort of run towards it, and then try and hit a target to my left or my right, sort of thing. Mm. Just, try to, and- just try to try to work around it. And you're in that Black Rabbit squad now, so you can look forward to working a bit more closely with the first grade squad. Have you had much to do with them? And uh, what sort of players up there are you uh, are you liking? Uh, not as yes, you haven't had really much at all to do with it because, of course, we train at, at Erskineville there, and I haven't really been in the Black Rabbit that long, so I haven't haven't had a lot to do with them at all. But um, a few boys that I admire, probably I don't know, like the last of the blokes that go hard and like the things you don't really see much, like the effort sort of things, like you know Cam Murray. Does a lot of work and that sort of thing. Um, just tackles like mad. Um, Didn't he go good last night, mate? Oh, oh, mate Fifty-five tackles in the middle of the field. Yeah, yeah. All the little, little little runs in behind the play the ball, running between defenders, land on his yeah, foot. Yeah. Does it everything. That's it. Yeah, and any sort of Joe Blow like wouldn't notice that sort of little things, but like fifty tackles, mate, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah he's a beast, mate. What about our uh, next year? We're, we're going to have a little vacancy in the halfback position, mate. And you've been in that Jersey flag team this year. You would have had an opportunity to play with. A bloke who would be putting his hand up, I suppose. At Lachlan Ilias, can you tell yep. us a little bit about Lachlan? Is he that he's kicking game? What style of a player is? Yeah, he's pretty like when when they say they get rid of get rid of round sort of thing and try and look at him and put him in place. Look, he's definitely like would do it with these sort of thing. Just like playing with a few games, I and mean, he actually played on my side a fair bit, left side, and um, 
yeah, just just phenomenal. Like kicking game. There's a few times there. I think we played a few games and he, we're in a bit of a hole and he just pops a 40 20 out and just like you're like shit. Like where they come from? It's just awesome. Yeah. Even a few times he, he set me up for a try one time I think at um, Shark Park. He said just run an outball. I would have no idea what to do. Run an outball and just got put for a hole and scored with ease. Just his, just his like just game smart sort of footy. Just knows what he's doing and yeah, definitely definitely a good level to just sort of to go on down for sure. You would have you watched Keon last you... night run that perfect outball line last night <laughs> off Reno and that little yeah, football yeah. to uh, to Latrell to score. Like yeah, that. yeah, it's all the guys, mate. That's phenomenal. That, that flick pass. It's yeah. good footy. So, mate, what do you like doing besides footy, mate? What are your interests? Jeez, so I won, um, mate, we've been doing lately. It's because I've been home. I've been playing bloody uh, Fortnite on the PS4. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone does. I've got a few mates that sort of get onto it, so we just sort of get on there and chat a bit, and it's always good fun. But uh, I like I like getting out a bit. Like I'm, I'm a big big basketball fanatic sort of thing. I always go down and shoot hoops and been doing that a fair bit. I only live about 100 metres away from the courts as well, so I go play a lot of basketball. Spent about three hours of that yesterday doing that, so it's good fun. You follow the NBA, the, the boys here, they, they love their NBA. Yeah, no, I'm pretty into it. I've been into it for a few years now, but probably not as much as like your footy and that, but yeah, I do get into it. The Olympics also was um, great to follow, wasn't it? Watching the, the Boomers. Um, yeah, great right. history there. That, that was pretty, that was spine tingling stuff from, from the Boomers led by little Paddy Mills, mate. What a he's leader great. he is, mate. Yeah, he's like just phenomenal. Just amazing, like at that level, just to show you so much heart, sort of thing, just so much, you know, see how much it means to him, sort of thing. Yeah, and I really love the uh, the Greek freak and <laughs> the Milwaukee win. That was just, I just, I don't really watch a lot of NBA during the year, but I love watching the finals and, yeah. and the playoffs because it's just so much drama. And yeah, he's some sort of player that had a big fun. Just, just getting my old man to it, and he, he actually likes the Bucks. And once I like got him into it, he likes the young sort of thing, and he's like, he's so crazy, just like to be so, so tall and athletic. It amazes me, like any 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 person you see in Australia, sort of thing that's so tall, you never really see him as athletic people. But you look at like Giannis now, he's like what nearly seven foot, and he runs yeah. and jumps, and it's just crazy. Yeah, same as KD. Like KD is like probably the best yeah. basketball player. In yeah, the, yeah. In the yeah. World. To yourself, mate, six foot three, and um, you know, built like a center, but playing in the second row, mate. <laughs> Body shape yeah. for every sport. I can remember going out to watch. Jordan Maylada out of Redfern Oval against the Cowboys, and in the Cowboys team was Kalen Ponger. Actually, yeah. this would have been the grade you were playing now a couple of years ago. Now Jordan is—he looks like he's just won the left tackle position over Andre Dillard in the Philadelphia um, <laughs> Eagles team. So he's just about to walk into a ten million dollar contract there. Um, it's crazy lifetime, mate. It's uh, body shape, suit, different positions, and I. That's why I asked you a little bit about your size and your weight because I think you, you, you'd suit that back row centre position down to a teammate. Yeah. Yeah, like that American sport, me and my dad always talk about it, just the money and it's crazy. Like you would blokes that are sort of my age that earn a million sort of thing, it's crazy. But yeah, like you said, like the body size and that sort of thing, they, they fit in well. Well, mate, you... they train hard, mate. I'm sure you're trained as hard as you can, mate, in this off-season and um, you'll be you'll be... Looking to get yourself fresh and ready for the start of the season next year, mate. Yeah, for sure. Well, keep doing what you're doing, mate. There could be a big payday in store for you down the track yes. in the in the NRL. So, mate, thanks for, thanks for joining us, buddy. No, nah, I understand. It's good. It's good to talk to you, boys. Thanks for everything. It's great. Thanks, nice to meet See you, you mate. Good on you, mate. Thanks. Catch you later. Bye bye. Hey, buddy. Oh, yeah, there he goes. Well, there you go, boys. That interview was brought to you by NG Farrow Real Estate. And I spoke to Joe O'Callaghan about Ben. 
And he's, and I'll just tell you what he said. He said, Ben reminds me a lot of Ethan Lowe at a similar age and is growing into a big, tall frame over time. Just a, just such a great effort-based player. And that's what he did say in that interview, both in attack and especially in defence, doing all the not pretty work and never complains. All the flag boys love playing beside him this year. Extremely tough and fit, runs great lines and has the, the ability to play as a back rower. Very humble and quality human being. Have to agree with yeah, that. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's very good words, and we just got to experience a lot of that, Mavo, and he's very well spoken, and uh, you know, it looks like a, a really good bloke. And a lot of the boys that we've had on, the young kids that we've had on the show, they've all been in the same quality, very well spoken, very polite, and uh, a lot of them come from the country as well. So yeah, well done to South Sydney for picking up that young kid. He's he's going to be a, a really good player. Yeah, well done to the recruitment team there picking up another bloke from a great family and looks like he's got a good work ethic and uh we look forward to seeing him develop and it was it was it was good, also good to hear him talk about Lachlan and some glowing praise about Lachlan and the style of football he plays so really looking forward to that now we might we'll have, have to a... pop into the sports store at parks sports power yeah yeah that's uh if you're going through parks drop in for a well when all this is over drop in for a cuppa uh, cuppa go and see Benny's dad and Buy yourself a, you know, house jersey. Get a, a house jersey, mate. Why not? Or a manly jersey. If there might be manly jerseys on display in there too. So. They might be. They might be the only two jerseys on display, but I'm not sure about that. Now, Rabbitohs Radio podcast is brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs, the home away, the place to play while the bunnies are away, and also another loyal sponsor of ours is Export Freight Systems. Ian and his team have been with us since day one. And we, we appreciate all your support, Ian. And also, NG Farrow Real Estate, the leading real estate agency in the Eastern Suburbs area. Make sure you get on support. All those sponsors that support this uh, this show that's been going for a couple of years, and we plan on going for plenty more, boys. And just on, just on that, chaps, uh, the show's been going for a couple of years, and a lot of that time uh, we've been in COVID restrictions. And these valued sponsors of, of ours have stuck by us through thick and thin. Haven't they? Um, they you have. know, NG Farrow, Gwen's a, a great mate of ours. The juniors group of clubs, unbelievable support from Keith McCaw and, and the team up there. And and like you said, our founder sponsor, Ian McLucas, um, what champions they are. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can repay you sometime soon. And we also yeah. make sure you subscribe to Rabbitohs TV on our YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is starting to go gangbusters. Not only are we supplying plenty of content, on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network, but we are pumping out many, many hours of content. Rugby league um, content. Rugby league content. We've got interviews. We've got Sato's Say. We're going to have Teamless Tuesday coming out. A big uh, credit to Mavo there. He's doing a fabulous job there. He's got 100 videos, haven't you, Mavo? I've got plenty of stuff to come, and we put some of the footage from our days back in England, Brownie, and yeah, that was commentated on by the, the Pommy commentator and some funny stuff there so oh, how good was it a bit of everything on the channel and what also call, what, what did he call you Mava? what did he call you no it wasn't him he called someone else a fat lazy bastard or was he talking to Mava? no no, no, no. <laughs> no it was great stuff and, and like you said it was uh brings me back great memories from when we were over there uh, mm. we were very fortunate to be over there as young blokes uh when the kangaroos were over there they yep. were actually playing uh, their tour over there. And hmm. yeah, no, it was good times. And 
keep keep it coming, Mavo. It's good stuff. And I'm going to put together a story for our website, which I have been plugging, but rabbitosradio.com.au. Little story where I'm going to speak to the people that were there. So Sean Garlic was over there, former Rabbitoh, Ross Asalanis, Darren McCarthy. I spoke to him. So I'm just going to get everyone's thoughts, put it together in a little article and just... Did you say Gala? Gala, yes, I did. Sean Gala, yeah. Gala, yes. I'll tell you what the commentator called you. He called you Bomber Maven when Brownie passed it to you. Okay. Bomber Maven. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, remembering a Rabbitoh, chaps. Yep, remembering a Rabbitoh, which is brought to you by... Yeah, I've lost my page here, boys. Um, yeah, it's brought to you by South Club Historian Brad Ro- It's brought to you. Sorry, we'll start again. Remembering a Rabbitoh, brought to you by Export Freight Systems, with thanks to South Club Historian Brad Ryder. Chaps, who have we got this week? We've got Paul Stephen Mellor. Stephen with a oh, PH, is it? Stephen with a PH, yeah. We're bringing it right back to you again, mate. He's Rabbitoh player number 801. Born on the 24th of August, 1974, which will make him 47 to this day. Now... It's Saturday. Is that, is that today? Is he 47 yeah. today? He is. Happy oh, birthday. Happy birthday. There you go. Happy Paul. birthday, um, Paul. Paul Stephen with a PH. Mellor. Yeah, I'm sure what his nickname was, um, Paul, but it would have been something to do with Big because he was a big unit. Uh, oh, I think it might have been Big Bird. Yeah, I thought, I thought it'd be something to do with Big Mate because he, he was a monster, matey. Meadow Tigers Junior. He went to Pedro Morris over there in high school, and a mate of mine went to school with him, went to kindergarten with him. A former Rabbitoh, Brett Mailing, who never played first grade due to injury, but he was a good player too. He said, "I can remember um, Paul at school. We'd play ball rush as you did back in the day at high school, and he cannot ever remember anyone tackling Paul Mellor." So the whole school would get behind him and he would just brush you off, run through tackles, palm you off, and then he'd out-sprint anyone because he was the most, he was an athletic freak as a kid. Just speaking of that, Chaps, and you just mentioned it, his palm, his palm was unbelievable. He had a really good fan. Mm. And um, I remember I played a lot of footy with Paul, but I also played against him as well when he went to the Sharks. And, yeah, had a really good fan on him and uh, scored many a tries, you know, pushing players off. And that's probably where he honed his skills playing uh, that, that that bull rush in the in the playground. But we also spoke to Adam Wilkes, Matto Tiger legend himself, and he said that yes, Paul Mellor is a very humble guy and played in some red hot sides. They won the E, D, and C grade, and then he got graded with Duncan McRae, another former Rabbitoh. Yeah, well, Mello played in that. He played up here and played in those um, some of those teams, and he said he can remember Duncan used to say to him, "Look, look." You, you're just going to run an unders line and just run at that hole for me. Because what happens is the whole team would sort of get out there and they put three or four players on Paul Mellor, right? So all the players were sitting uh, marking up on, on Big on Big Bird, Paul Mellor, and Mellor would just go straight for a hole under the post to score. <laughs> he said, I scored a lot of tries because I played next to Paul Mellor. He was the edge back rower and just sitting inside him. But, uh, mate, he was a, he was a winger centre in first grade. And he holds a record. He is the youngest player in the history of the Mighty Rabbitohs to play first grade. He came off the bench at age 16, 10 months and nine days of age. And in a win, 34 points to 18 over the Gold Coast at Sydney Football Stadium in 1991. And a couple, a couple of your teammates scored there. Boys, I know you have moved on by 91. 
Jimmy Sadara scored a double, Boxhead. Manoa Thompson to uh, the talented Paul Roberts and Tricky Trindle, who we spoke about last week. And the legend of Luton, Roddy Mayborn. Five goals there, boys. Well, it's funny you should mention that because some footage I shared only the other day was of me and you playing against the Steelers, Brownie. And in that game was Boxhead Sadaris, who made a break. Tomo, our good mate, the Fijian Flyer, as it appears in the video, comes off the bench. Kaz scores a try, a double, I believe, I think. And Tricky Trindle, well, he wasn't in that game, but we featured him last week on Remembering a Rabbit. So if you haven't watched that, go back and have a look. So it all ties in here on Remembering remembering, remembering a Rabbit. And um, Paul Miller went on to have a, a fantastic first-grade career, playing 261 first-grade games, 71 of those for the Rabbits, including 30 tries. All up in his career, played for the Doggies, the Sharks, Castlewood, went back to the Cronulla Sharks again and finished his career with the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs in 2006 and 2007, as you would remember, scoring a total of 108, 108 tries there, boys. So he was, a, he was a, a fair player, had a great resume. And you probably remember his final game was a semi-final, the first semi-final we played since 89 in 2000. Seven against Manly over there at Brookie, you know, 30 to six loss. And he scored the only try of the game that um, that day, boys. So he, he went out, he went out on a bit of a, a sour note as a team, but on a personal level, scored another try there. And I remember he, he was such a um, great acquisition in 2007 to get him back. Such a pro by that, um, that time. I can remember him scoring a couple of real crucial tries and a big comeback win down there at um, against St. George Illawarra Dragons down there at Wollongong. Uh, he, he played a really big part in that season. And we spoke about it last week. Um, Paul Miller scored a hat-trick in 1994 um, up there against the Knights, led by the Joey, uh, the Johns brothers, two intercepts off Joey's passes. So uh, he was a fair player, boys, this bloke. And, and credit to him, chaps, because, um, you know, he had a long and illustrious career and scored many tries with a few clubs like you just mentioned. But since retirement, he gave back to the game. You know, he, he took up refereeing. Uh, he's often used as a video referee. So, you know, he, he really, you know, put back into the game what he got out of it as well. So it just shows you what type of bloke he was. Yep. And um, post-footy, obviously, he spoke, but he's still doing a bit of refereeing there. He also, he went to Australian Catholic University completing a Bachelor of, of Human Movement. He was awarded life membership of the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs in 2011. And... Brad Ryder also said that he was a former member there of the, the Park Golf Club, but he's not sure if he, where, he's, where he's moved on, but we haven't seen him out there for a while. Mm. Well, we might have to get him on maybe as golf blog, take him for a round of golf once all this COVID disasters finished, yeah. And I Brad think he's also, joined up at East Lakes now. He's a member at East Lakes. He's a member at East Lakes. And yeah. There you go. East Lakes is a great track too, so it's only... Not far from here, and I've now a few members there, and they have got some good practice facilities there. And They've done a lot of work there, haven't they? At the East Lakes Golf Club. Oh, it's just a magic setting. It goes through the Botany Wetlands, the historic Botany Wetlands, and that because of that golf course, that all that land has been untouched basically since Australia was settled by you know a couple hundred years ago. So that's you know a unique little stretch of land that stretches up from Botany all the way up to the city and. It's a magic golf course through there. The black boys, the grass trees are growing and it's, 
it's just a, a lovely place to play golf. Having said that, I'm a member at the coast and it's beautiful over there too, looking over Little Bay and on this, that's that's another magic stretch of coastline where that's, you know, what what better place to have a hit. But anyway. I don't see many birdies there, but. No, nah, no, nah, well, not from me anyway. <laughs> Golf's on hold at the moment. You're only allowed to exercise for one hour a day now, so um, that's what oh. you have. So yeah. you can put golf on hold for a couple of weeks, but. Maybe play five, four or five holes, chaps, down at Botany. I could probably, you know, not, maybe it won't get nine in, but you can not, you can maybe not three or four in, yeah. Yeah. Little skin, little skins event. Yeah. And Brad <laughs> also said that he bumps into the big rig hall on the Coogee Coastal Walk, which is another sensational place to go for a stroll. That's that walk from Coogee to Bondi. Is is there a better thing in the world to do on a nice sunny any day of the year? Oh, when you're wearing your south gear, mate, I love walking over that way. And uh, you get a couple of dirty looks as you cross through Bronny from Victor Radley and the likes, but that's all right. You might see one of our sponsors down there, Glenn Farrow, walking the coastal walk himself. Yep. He's always staying fit, old old Glenn. Don't worry about that. Now, we're going to preview this match next Friday night against the Evil Empire, 7.55, Friday, Suncorp Stadium. Boys, an opportunity the next two rounds to not only get back on track, but possibly rotate a few of the players in the squad. Um, I'm pretty sure Blake Taft's playing one of the last two games. A little, a little, little birdie told me there. So let's hope he either gets a run against the Dragons or possibly the Roosters. Now they haven't got Victor Radley in that side. He's he's, he's obviously one of the toughest competitors in the game. But um, how do you see that one, boys? Well, where we sit now, chaps. Having said that, so that means really now that we are can only really finish third. Well, you know, technically, I suppose if we win our last two and the Panthers drop their last two, which probably isn't going to happen. So, look, like you said, we're going to finish third. So, why not blood, well, not blood, bring in some of these guys that need some footy, like Peter Mamazellas, who we've had on the show, Taffy, and give a couple of guys, but you know. I suppose, on the other hand, you don't want to make too many changes because you want to keep that side humming in the road to the finals, Brownie. Yeah, exactly what you said, Mova. You want to have, uh, you want to keep them humming along and uh, you want to build confidence now, especially after coming off a loss. Um, you know, we want to be, get, we want to get back on track and uh, we sort of like want to go into the finals winning two in a row, um, coming into the, the first semi where we, by the looks of it, we're going to play Penrith. Um, it doesn't matter where we play. It's not going to be a home ground advantage. But, look, the Roosters are, are going along nicely as well. They've got so many injuries. They've got so many players on the sideline. Uh, they've had a couple of players retire throughout the year. And oh, to be honest with you, I think they've done quite well, even though uh, they're a side that we love to hate. Um, oh, but that's, know, an under, that's an understatement. Quite well. Look at the side they've lost. I mean, you know, we love to hate the, the, the evil empire here, but really what they've done this season is nothing short of amazing. Yeah. Keep winning yeah. under the under the stresses that that football team's been under. It's, you know. Good. And they're going to be they're going to be without Victor Radley. Uh, they haven't played this weekend, but they're going to be without Victor Radley. And I don't think Angus Crichton comes back to the week after, Chaps. Is that right? I'm not too sure about um, Crichton. Yeah, I think he might be out for our game too. Yeah, but... yeah. Anyway, uh, they've done okay. I won't say they've done well, boys, but let's not, let's not give this mob too much credit. And <laughs> and they ref- and I, as I said uh, about four or five weeks ago, they're refusing to say the 
the big R word, the rebuild word, but it looks like the rebuilds are well and truly up and running there at the Roosters. They've they're clutching at shores. They're bringing back a bloke who was with them a couple of years ago, Connor Watson. Uh, they're trying to buy back the farm there, boys. But don't worry about them. You just worry about us. Boys, they even re-signed that Hutchinson, uh, the five-eight Drew Hutchinson. Who a lot of the fans, Roosters fans, don't like him. <laughs> they weren't too happy about him re-signing for a couple of years. And from from all reports, we had a little bit to do with that. We, we, we reached out and had a chat to him uh, before we grabbed Milford, and and it bumped up the price. So. The Roosters end up having to pay more for him than what they planned on. So, okay. well done to the Rabbit. What a shame. What oh, a shame. They, they got it, haven't they? Under that sombrero. I like <laughs> that, it. That Nick, uh, Nick wears. But just in, in, on our on our performance, boys, I'm quite confident that we'll get straight back on track uh, as long as, you know, we, we start to learn to hold the ball and play for the full 80 minutes. You know, that first 30 minutes... Last week was probably the best 30 minutes that I've seen us play all year. So we've got it in us. We've just got to put it on the field for 80 minutes. Yeah, it gives the coaching staff plenty to work on uh, over the next couple of weeks before we play that, that, that really the big game. The focus is now on that big game. Uh, two versus three in, the, in week one of the finals. And I'm sure Master Coach Wayne Bennett and JD and the boys will, will have something up their sleeve. Don't worry about that. 13 plus, boys. Yep. Yeah, I reckon we'll give them a bit of a touch-up. Now, the top four this week, the other great podcast on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network, they talked about halfbacks. And obviously, Adam Reynolds was top of the pops there. Tugger. There was uh, uh, Bobby Grant, Bobby Grant, Bobby Honan. There's a, there a few few brought up there. Don't worry about that. So, uh, that was a great show there, boys. And they brought up rugby league cliches. I think um, Brownie uses one a fair bit. We'll go set for set. Um, you know, there's a few of those sort of yeah, cliches. You got any cliches there, boys, that you like? He said one earlier in the show. Take it one game at a time. Brownie. Well, that's it. Get in the arm wrestle. Yeah, there you go. And like I said, Phil Gould told me once, it's a simple game, but it's hard to play. There's another one. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's, uh, just keep it simple, boys. Run hard, tackle hard. Yep, that's it. Run Kick. KCT, kick, chase, tackle. Yeah, we used to had a sign in the dressing room at Botany Rams in the, when we played in the final. Back up, tackle, win. That's it. <laughs> Just do that. That's it. Anyway, boys, good show. Yep. So please subscribe to Rabbitohs TV. There'll be a, for people listening to the podcast, you won't be able to see it, but there'll be a subscribe button here on the screen. Follow rabbitohsradio.com.au. And thanks for joining us on Rabbitohs Radio and up the mighty Rabbitohs. Up the rabbits. Let's go. Thanks for listening to Rabbitohs Radio Podcast, proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if it's Aussie for travel?